What's up, guys? Welcome into another edition of the Nolan and Company Sports Podcast. It is Tuesday, August 25th, 20 and 20. We hope that the COVID-19 situation isn't completely ruining your life. We know it isn't ours because it's football season. Coming to you from the official Nolan and Company Sports Panic Room, 50 feet under an undisclosed city. That is not College Station. I am not in College Station. We'll disclose that. I'm just Nolan because you can't handle the roof. The man joining me from his treehouse perched above his mother's backyard. Who can do it? Mason J. Pruitt. Unlike you, I actually am in College Station, so, but I can confirm you're not here as well. Classes just started this past week, so I'll tell you what. A hundred degree weather, because I when walking to class, I'm literally drenched in sweat, and my shirt's like a totally different color when I show up to my new class, and it's somewhat embarrassing. That is disgusting, but I feel like we've all been there. We're like, I mean, I can't do so anything bad. about it. I mean, and I go from West Campus at A and N to all the way in east, like all the way on the east side of campus. So it's a mile walk between my two classes. Jeez. Yeah, this is uh, this is easily probably the hardest part of the school year because it's just so hot, and especially in college when you got to walk everywhere. Although I was the one in high school, I took ag as well, so I was outside quite a bit, and that wasn't that wasn't very nice either. Yeah, like I have I have the option to do Zoom for all my in person classes, but I'd rather just be there. I think I get more out of it. I bet you're, uh, I bet you're among like ninety percent of people who kind of feel the same way. They just they yeah. they just rather be in class. Mm-hmm. Today in sports history. August 25th, 1922, 98 years ago. Mason, if I were to tell you that you were the starting pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies and that your offense was going to put up 23 runs, what would you think about that game, about pitching in that game? I honestly think that if I was told you get 23 runs, I would just throw fastballs the entire game. I wouldn't even worry about it. Well, apparently no one gave that message to the Phillies' starting pitcher on this day. Back in 1922, it was Jimmy Ring. As the Chicago Cubs put up 26 runs, beating the Phillies 26-23 to in what still is the highest scoring game in Major League Baseball history. I also want to know how long that game took. That had to be like six hours. The duration of the game? Three hours, one minute. What? In front of a crowd of 7,000. Most games today take like two and a half hours, and they'll end four to three. Yeah, it was a different game back then. It was a lot less pauses, a lot less, you know, taking your time on stuff. The game definitely moved quicker back then. But, yeah. So, the Cubs start off, scored one run in the first. They put up 10 in the second after the Phillies took a 3-1 to lead. So, then it was 11-3 to Cubs. Then the Phillies put up two in the third and one in the fourth. And then the Cubs put up 14 in the fourth inning. Mm. 
And the Phillies put up three in the fifth, eight in the eighth, and six in the ninth. And the Cubs only scored, after that 14-run fourth inning, they only scored one run in the sixth inning. So the Phillies actually kind of made the run for it. The Cubs were up big, and then the Phillies ended up making the, the late run, scoring 14 runs in the last two innings to make it 26-23. to 23. But they still fell short. And, geez, like nowadays, what are you thinking if you – you know you're in the eight. You're about to go into the eighth inning, and you have nine runs compared to their twenty six. Uh, like I mean, the the mentality of those batters. I mean, that, I guess that's why for, uh, Tatis Junior swung on that three zero pitch earlier against the Rangers because this could have uh, happened. Boy, that unleashed absolute hell around the baseball world. Yeah, I mean, it was such a stupid argument, too. I mean, do you, are you literally telling him, oh, you have to take that strike right there, and it's rude to hit home runs? Is that what I'm hearing? It's it's just... The the unwritten rules are getting a little crazy nowadays, yeah. and it's just it's ridiculous. Today, we'd like to wish a happy 48th birthday to eight-time Pro Bowl receiver and Super Bowl 41 champion Marvin Harrison, the great former Indianapolis Colts wide receiver. Huge part of Peyton Manning and uh, and Tony Dungy's offense there. And really, in my opinion, the one of the bigger reasons they actually ended up beating the Bears in that Super Bowl. That passing game yeah. was an absolute clinic that day. Honorable yeah, mentions... Did they, did they have Reggie Wayne back then, too, on the same team? I'm not entirely certain about that. That would have been a pretty good one-two punch if it was Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison, along with prime Peyton Manning. Honorable mentions for today's birthday, baseball player Justin Upton and former Maverick, son, and Cavalier Tony Dumas. Happy birthday to him as well. I believe he's also 48 today. I believe he and Marvin Harrison had the exact same birthday. Hmm. Uh, Reggie Wayne was on that same Colts team, by the way. So, yeah, yeah that is so. a... That's a that's a scary passing game there. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be a corner for the Bears in that Super Bowl. And our opening question for today. Rebuilding the NHL, what is the first city that won't get a team that currently does? For me, I got to go with the Devils, which is in New Jersey. So I just feel like there's a lot of teams. I mean, I'm not the brightest hockey mind, so I could be like saying lies right here but i feel like there are a lot of teams represented in like the northeast part of the united states and not that many like just the proportion between the northeast and then other regions of the country i feel like it could be more equivalent to each other so i'd probably say the devils and plus there's a team in new york anyway so why can't new jersey just be fans of the rangers well so the the devils actually make the third team because the rangers and islanders the islanders are actually if you ask anyone from New York, they're on Long Island. They're not in New York City. But even though they now play in Brooklyn. Uh, but, uh, and then the Rangers, of course, play at Madison Square Garden. But here's what yeah. everyone forgets about the Devils is that where they are in New Jersey is right there on that northern part just across the river from New York City. So that market has three hockey teams. Yeah. So that, that helps prove my point. Thank you. Yeah, you said that pre-show, and I'm like, you actually... Let, you have a we have a pretty good argument here. Let's save it, and not talk about it all pre-show. Um, mine would have to be, and, and I have a, a little bit of 
I'm a little hesitant on my answer, but mine has got to be the Coyotes. Uh, it just, and this is not a crapping on teams who play hockey in the South where it's really hot because obviously we're in Texas. We're big Stars fans. Uh, they have two in Florida, the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Atlanta ha uh, had two teams at, uh, at one point. Uh, you got one in North Carolina. You got one in Nashville. Like this is, you know, it's it's this isn't a hockey in the South in warm areas kind of thing, especially out in the desert in Arizona. That's not what this is. They got the team from the from Quebec City, and a lot of people in Canada were upset about this. Uh, they thought that. You know, they still to this day think that hockey doesn't belong down in the southern United States. But again, that's not the argument I'm making. No, they've been drowning. In, like, they've been hemorrhaging money for years and years and years. And they've just never really been that good. So, uh, the, the market still backs them. They're still behind them to an extent. But I think if they were, if they had to move from Quebec City, I think Houston would have been the way to go. I don't know. That's still a lot of Stars fans. They wouldn't be happy. But they, I don't, I don't well, know how dedicated Houston people are to hockey. Well, let's think about this for a second because they were the Quebec Nordiques for a very, very long time. Wait, am I getting this wrong? No, I am. It was the Winnipeg Jets. They were the Winnipeg Jets. The the Quebec Nordiques became the Colorado Avalanche. Um, no, they were the Winnipeg. They were the original Winnipeg Jets until 1996. At this point, the Stars had only been in Texas for about three years, and maybe two, no, three years. So moving that team to Houston actually it then would have been huge, and hockey in Texas would be a lot bigger today than it is right now. I truly believe that because that would create such a big Lone Star rivalry in hockey in the National Hockey League, which I think we need. But they moved to Arizona. They go as the Phoenix Coyotes until 2014. Then they go as the Arizona Coyotes from 2014 to present day. And it's just not, in my opinion, it's just not that great of of a place and they they have filed for bankruptcy numerous times since the move to Arizona uh, they've had a few different owners at this point uh, 2013 I think was their last ownership change and they're getting better I just that's just not a hockey market to me it's like it's like Atlanta there's a reason those two teams failed in Atlanta one of them is now the Calgary Flames and the other one is now the new Winnipeg Jets like it's just there are certain areas where it just doesn't work, and, and honestly, I think that we're we we've been seeing that with Phoenix for a long time, and I think that it's you know it, especially now now I think would be the time to go ahead and move it because they're already going to be moving to the Central Division with Seattle's new expansion team. They Arizona doesn't need hockey. Arizona they love football, they love baseball, and they love their basketball. That it's not it, that's not a hockey market to me. Yeah, they got they got the three other main sports to help carry that city in the sports world. Looking at the show rundown today, we got Nolan's double major to kick off the show. We've already had enough hockey talk already, just talking about which t teams shouldn't be. <laughs> but uh, we're gonna break down a little bit more of the, of the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. 
Uh, we're going to have the basketball segment. Last week it was Basketball Mason. We're going with a new name for the time being. Crunch Time with Mason. This is just. This may also be a temporary name, but we had to just go from Basketball with Mason to something else. And then at the end of the show, we will t- preview our Week 1 Texas High School football games uh, and talk about what we can expect going into this week. But first, Mason... There's quite a notable safety that a certain team in the AFC North, and it's not Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, or Cleveland, uh, has just released. And he will now be, he's, his price tag is now really cheap because Baltimore has to pay for the remainder of his contract anyway. Uh, what they've already promised him. So, is this a crazy to think about Earl Thomas coming to the Cowboys? I don't think it's that crazy at all, given the fact that when we played Seattle in, what was it, 2017, and after the game, he runs up to head coach at the time, Jason Garrett, and says, hey, if I'm ever available, come and get me. And he's been showing signs for the past couple of years that he wants to be a Dallas Cowboy. It's something that... The Cowboys were even interested in trading for him at one point because safety's been a probably our biggest position of need for the past five years. And someone like him who's a ball hawk and who can create turnovers, it's something we haven't been able to do in a long time. So now that he's just a free agent and we can just pick him up for much cheaper than what we would have done trading for him, plus you would have had to give up picks or something, I don't think it's that crazy to talk about. It's not about the talent that why it's being discussed. It's about his personal issues of... Okay, you're bringing in a new coach, new culture. Do you want him in the locker room? So that's the argument probably taking place now in Dallas. Yeah, and and for me, it's it. I mean, look, this is already a scary defense, and we just lost we just lost McCoy for the year, which sucks. Uh, but and, and that's that's gonna really hurt our defensive front, I think. But you know we. It, the name being thrown around for the past two years was always Jamal Adams. And, of course, we lose mm-hmm. out on him. He's now a Seahawk. But with with the defensive backs we have, and that a few of them can actually go from safety to corner, now that we have Earl Thomas, does this make up for not getting Jamal Adams? I think it does. I think, yeah. I mean, right now you're probably looking at Haha Clinton Dix and Xavier Woods. And Xavier Woods is more of a box guy. So if you get someone like Earl Thomas who can stay back there and you can go one high all and have faith in Earl Thomas, because I, I don't have that in Ha-Ha Clinton Dix. I didn't have that in Jeff Heath last year. So I, th- I think it would be a great pickup for the Cowboys. And like I said, the biggest position of need. So the NFL season kicks off in just a couple weeks, and we're going to talk more about that uh, as we approach the season. Uh, it'll probably be next week because I believe next week is the final week that we will have a show before kickoff. Um, but right now, there are t- there are three sports not counting soccer because Seth is not on the show today. <laughs> but three three sports going on right now that have everyone's attention: baseball, hockey, and basketball. And the two that really have everyone's attention, especially here in the Metroplex, is hockey and basketball. And 
I think that everyone is kind of shocked. I know I am. Um, I had this crazy dream last night that the Dallas Stars scored five unanswered goals to win game two and take a 2 nothing lead against the Avalanche. And I wake up this morning and realize, oh, crap, that wasn't a dream. That actually happened. Yep, dreams can turn into reality, Nolan. What happened last night in Edmonton was absolutely stunning. We knew that Colorado was going to come out after game one where they did, did not really impress. Uh, and you know, we, Everyone in the media has was talking about after game one, I can't believe how bad Colorado looked today. They look like they don't even want to. We knew that we were going to get a pushback from the Avalanche in game two, and that's exactly what we got. And we go down 2 nothing. Nathan McKinnon buried two just gorgeous goals. And then the Stars storm back. And they did not outshoot Colorado at all last night. Colorado had the majority of the scoring chances. Here's what happened. The Stars outplayed them physically. You look at the hits totals. The Stars had over 50 hits in that game. Colorado didn't even eclipse 30. And so the Stars really used that momentum and just wearing down the Avalanche physically and reeled off five straight goals, four of them in the second period, and then one, and then the empty netter in the third. And, jeez, man. I mean, the Stars were not even given a shot. Uh, they were on a seven-game losing streak coming into the bubble, going into the exhibition against Nashville. They lost the, ex- the exhibition against Nashville. And then they lost the first two round-robin games against Colorado and Vegas, and everyone's thinking, oh boy, we're, we're going to suck. And now we've well, won five straight playoff games. Yeah, and just like, was it game six against the Calgary Flames? We literally did almost the exact same thing, yet more impressive. Got we get down, down 3 nothing, scored 7 in the first six and a half minutes, and then we score seven in a row to win 7-3 to advance. That's crazy. Just, that's so. That's just the one thing of like everyone thought that the slow starts for the stars were going to plague them in the in these playoffs, and so far they haven't. Uh, they they had that one slow start against Calgary. So game one, and I think it was game three as well. Game one and game three, they got off to a really really slow start against Calgary, and that came back in and bit them. Those are the only two playoff games they've lost so far. Yeah. But they, they got off to a slow start in Game 6 against Calgary. They got off to a slow start last night, Game 2 against Colorado. And it's just the tenacity to, to just find whatever strength you have and get the momentum. Here's Here was the turning point. So this so the first Colorado goal came on the power play from Nathan McKinnon. Uh, the second one was, uh, was at full strength. Then we have... A five-on-three penalty kill. We are short. We are two men down. And we kill off both penalties. And then immediately follow that up with a a five-on-three power play of our own. Score on the first one. And then we get the five-on-four power play and score on that one. And all of a sudden, I mean, the atmosphere of that place changed. And so it's all about, in my opinion, look, the Stars never looked out of it. I didn't think they they looked sluggish in the first period. But even though they were outplayed in the second and third period, they didn't look sluggish. They looked like they were playing their game. They were comfortable. They were they were getting uh, pucks to the net. 
they were getting men in front of the net to get those deflections. That goal that went off of Radulov's shoulder was like the prime example of why you want to get a player in the front of the net. He yeah. didn't even touch it with his... It went off the stick of the defenseman, bounces off Radulov's shoulder, and then just like slow motion falls over the goalie and into the net. It was so fun. The The puck's in the net for like two seconds, and the goalie's still looking for it because he has no idea where it is. Radulov didn't even know it went in. He just heard yeah. everyone yelling and the horn going off. He turns around and celebrates, goes, did I score that? Yeah, it was so fun. It, that, that is the pro- so Dallas is doing exactly what they need to do, and I think what they wanted to do in this series, uh, look, they know Colorado. These two teams are in the same division. They know each other. They see each other three to four times a season. This, these two teams know know exactly what it takes to beat the other, and I thought that Colorado did that yesterday. But I think that they got tired. The Stars wore them down physically. Uh, the Stars looked great on the penalty kill. But look, if if the Stars win the Stanley Cup this year, this is why it is going to be for their ability to block shots, to get in front, to get in between the shooter and the net, and that will if. If, if Hudobin doesn't even have a chance to make the save, then he's not even going to need to make the save. It's not even going to matter because the puck won't even hit the net. Yeah. And so that's, that is going to be the difference maker, but it's just the, the way that the Stars play, if I were in a, one of their opponents, I would just be so frustrated with the fact that I'm getting all these chances and I'm taking these shots and they're not even reaching the net. Yeah, they, they've been doing that, and I forgot who it was. It may have been Pavelski, who just, in crunch time in game one, when they had an empty net, and he just stuck out his stick, and it and it blocked and went out of bounds, and it was a wide-open shot to the goal. So, and then, and then not to not to overshadow Essel and Dell, uh, out-skating the guy on the, uh, along the boards uh, to get the breakaway, and then just, like, Man, that, that that goaltender, I mean, just laid out, tried to stop the puck, and Lindell gets it right underneath his his uh, his blocker, or his. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on goalie terminology. Uh, his his legs gets it right underneath his legs, and then just, I mean, and just buries it. And there was a little bit of controversy there because you can't see the puck, and if it crosses the the goal line completely, which it has to cross completely. It can't just be a portion. Um, there was a little bit of controversy, but there was not enough to overturn it, so it stands. And honestly, mm-hmm. that's just the way that the that's just the way the puck bounces. Pun intended. Uh, looking at the other series right now, dude, the Islanders came out and just absolutely dominated Philadelphia uh, yesterday, four to nothing. And dude, this Islanders team is hot. They just knocked off the Capitals four games to one in round one. Now they shut out the Flyers in game one of, of round two. Uh, look, I think that the Flyers are gonna not, not, are not going to make this easy. They're going to make the push. They're going to try to come back. But the Islanders, I think, are going to be in the conference finals. You can mark my words and circle this date that the New York Islanders will be in the conference finals. But the Bruins and Lightning slugged it out for 60 minutes on the ice. And the Bruins come away with a 3-2 victory. This series is going to go to seven games. Mm-hmm. I I don't think, and these are the these are the two teams that won the President's Trophy the last two years. Boston won it this year. Tampa Bay won it the year before. 
this is going to be an absolute slugfest. And if you are the hockey romantic that I am, and you just love those tough physical games where it's actually very difficult to get the puck in the net, then this is the series you're going to want to watch because this is your kind of hockey. This game, I, I, it's too early for me to give my prediction. I need to watch the game today. Uh, puck drops at 6 Eastern. I'm sorry, 6 Central uh, between the Bruins and Lightning. But this this series will at least go to 6, and if not, 7. And then, of course, the <laughs> we I was celebrating a couple days ago. This was after uh, our show last week. But St. Louis got eliminated by Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. And yep. uh, I, the only thing that came to my head was that gif of Chris Pratt and Parks and Rec where he's got his mouth open looking all excited. And he's like like that that gasping a uh, couple seconds where like something happened that you're like, oh my gosh. Not only did they beat St. Louis, they took game six, six to two. St. Louis was the number one seed coming into the bubble. And to have this happen to them is just absolutely insane. I mean, this is this isn't like last year when Columbus swept Tampa Bay, who was the best who was the number one seed in the NHL in last year's playoffs, but it's close. This is the defending Stanley Cup champions, the number one seed coming into the bubble, and the Vancouver Canucks just won four games over them. That's all it takes. You just got to win four games, and that's that's what happened. And they won their last, two, uh, was it two or three in a row? Uh, it was two in a row. Uh, they, they split the first four games 2-2, two, two, and then they won the last two, and then they uh, go to play Vegas on Sunday. And fall five to nothing. Yep. Um, I expect the Avalanche to come back against the Stars even tougher. I don't think that this is going that this series is going to be a sweep. I really don't. But whoever comes out of this Stars Avalanche series, if Vegas beats Vancouver, and I think that they will, I think that Vegas will also be in the conference finals. That series is going to be one to watch. That is going to be the equal of Boston and Tampa Bay in this round. I think we're heading yeah. for a very exciting finish of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, it's funny. Me and my so my best friend in college station, his name's Johnny, and he is the biggest Golden Knights fan. I mean, he he tweeted the day that it was announced that they're making a team. He's like, "All right, I'm just gonna say I haven't been getting the hockey, but I'm gonna be a diehard Vegas Knights fan. I'm just gonna follow him from the start." So we've been watching every. Knights and Stars game together, so I can't imagine what it's going to be like if the Stars play the Knights in the conference finals. You're hearing it from me right now. Uh, it's too early for me to make a prediction on Boston and St. Louis. I don't think it's going to be a sweep, but at this point, I think the Stars are definitely in the driver's seat of their uh, series of Colorado, and if they can't pull out two more wins, especially the way they've been playing the past two games... I will be shocked at that. So I think we're going to get Vegas and Dallas in the conference finals. And you know what? I really do think that Boston is the better team out of Tampa Bay. So I'm going to say Boston and New York in the East. And uh, Mason, be prepared to be disappointed. But my Stanley Cup final is Vegas and Boston. 
Yeah, well, I said on last week's show that mine was Vegas and the Flyers, so... Yeah, yeah. How are we doing about that now, by the way? Uh, now that they just got beat by the Islanders for nothing. Hey, well, I mean, we're about to get into basketball, but everyone was flipping out on the Lakers when they lost their first game, so I'm not going to overreact to one game, but it, it did look a little concerning at the same time. We are going to get to basketball. That was Nolan's double major. Uh, thanks for listening to that. We'll be back next week with more Hockey Talk. But right now, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have Crunch Time with Mason on the Nolan & Company Sports Podcast. Welcome back to the Nolan & Company Sports Podcast. We just had Nolan's double major talking all the big hockey news. And I'm a happy man at the moment. But we'll see if that lasts. But there's another sport going on right now. And just as much as people are reacting to the Dallas Stars and how they're handling Colorado, there was just about as much freakout as Mason kind of alluded to last segment about the Lakers losing game one to Portland. Well, um, they now lead three games to one, and Damian Lillard will be out game five, we now know. Yep. So that is definitely that big headline surrounding today in basketball. And, boy, looking at just the way the Lakers have really just dominated the last three games, this is... I'm really now buying into what you said about the Lakers in the finals, uh, I see it. Yeah, I mean, when you got two top five players in the league, I mean, you're hard to beat. And I, I said on last show, and I've said all season, as long as they get consistent shooting from the outside, because you know what you're going to get with LeBron and AD, they're they're tough to beat. If Danny Green and Caldwell put Kuzma can all make shots from on the outside, they, they're just tough. How do you guard them? You can't leave Davis one-on-one to paint. You can't double if they're making outside shots. So that's why their offense has been rolling the past couple of games. This series now is going to where we thought it was, with the Lakers kind of running away with this. Uh, if, If Portland can pull off a miracle without their best player and win tomorrow... And make it 3-2. I mean, game six, you know, isn't, you know, like, it's not guaranteed that you force game seven, obviously. But at, at what point, if Portland wins on, if Portland wins tomorrow, at what point do we start talking, this may go to seven? Well, I mean, if Damian Lillard was healthy, I think we can consider talking about seven. But this thing's ending in five, just... Even if Damian Lillard was playing, I'd say the same thing, just with how well the Lakers are rolling. But Damian Lillard is very—he's—he's he's a shoot-first point guard. That doesn't—I'm not saying he's a ball hog or anything, but he is their offense. He is their guy that they go through, and they got McCollum and they got Carmelo. But just losing Damian Lillard in this series and what he's been doing in the bubble—he was the bubble MVP, so. I don't think this thing even gets close to seven. I think the Lakers close it out tomorrow and get ready for the second round. 
other games to pay attention to, and I've actually got to do. I've actually got to do something real quick. Um, so I, I'm, as I've said many times on the show, I, I work for a church. I'm very involved in student ministry and stuff like that. Well, one of my coworkers um, really wants me to talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder and their series with the Rockets right now, and from my perspective, like like he wants me to talk talk one thing because he's a big Thunder fan uh, this looks pretty evenly matched and it didn't at first but then when the Thunder came back and won game 3 won that 107 and then a 3 point win yesterday against Houston in my opinion the, aside from Mavs Clippers which is turning out to be a great looking series this thunder rocket series has also turned out to be a good looking series yeah and there's a reason why it's a good looking series why they're so evenly matched houston's 44 28 okc 44 and 28 before the playoffs started so we knew this one was going to be close and and james harden if he can because i've always said all along i am not houston to me is the most boring team to watch in the NBA because every possession pretty much it seems like it's four low ISO for James Harden he just makes the right because he's so offensively gifted and he can drive to the paint one-on-one I don't think anyone can really guard him that well one-on-one he requires help and then they just got four shooters but what OKC is doing really well is pack lining their defense kind of like a Virginia style that they do in college what Tony Bennett does and then they're closing out really well to these shooters, and that's why Houston's been struggling as of late. And I think OKC's playing better team basketball. Dennis Schroeder is doing really good, and they got scoring for the guards. OKC does. Chris Paul has been doing. We've kind of seen we've kind of seen vintage Chris Paul the past couple of games. So I like OKC's chances that they can still defend Harden and their shooters. So I alluded to this when I was talking to you about. Houston OKC. Um, this Dallas Clippers series, though, um, let's talk about Game Four real quick. Oh, I'll talk Game Four all day. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and just step aside and give you the floor for this one because I know you've been preparing a monologue about this thing for a few days now. Well, I mean, it's just I'll just start off and say, and I literally talked about this with one of my former coaches, I already think Luka Doncic has eclipsed Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki. I think he's already a better player than Dirk was. I mean, I think he's... I told Gabe, I said, Mavs had the Mavs had the best two EuroLeague players of all time, and Dirk's number two. Because Luka Doncic is insane. And what he's done this year at 21, and what I think he's going to do going forward, I mean, no KP, no Porzingis in Game 4. Best defense in the league, 21 years old, and he drops 43 points, 17 rebounds, and 13 assists without his second-best player on a hurt ankle that he couldn't even walk two days ago. In Game 3, you know, with about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, they bring out a wheelchair because he can't even walk on his ankle. And he plays Game 4 in, in a regular season. He probably wouldn't have played, but he's pushing through it, and he's just balling out. He's insane. So... Obviously, Porzingis. I mean, we talked. We talked about Game One last week, 
um, since the Mavs have won two of the last three, and mm-hmm. the series is tied at two apiece. But they have not had Porzingis for the past few games. Yeah, and they will have KP tonight for game five as well. So what is the key here, just asking you the great basketball mind of our company that you are, with Porzingis out, is Luca still going to be the one to take the take the workload, or do you spread it around to, let's say Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, or some of these other guys we have? Okay, so we know that Luka Doncic is going to be the guy, and that's who we're going to run our offense to. But I'll name you three people that can be in, that, in my opinion, are the X factor. Trey Burke, what he's been doing this series because he is. He's the other one besides Luka that can get to the rim and make tough finishes at the rim over seven-footers. He's been doing that all series. Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi Kleba. And I say those two guys because Maxi Kleba has probably the toughest job out of anyone on the Mavs. He's been guarding Kawhi Leonard, so how well is he going to guard Kawhi? And his corner threes. He has to make his corner threes if the Mavericks are going to win this series. Because Luka can get to the rim whenever he wants. Just There's players like that. James Harden's like that. And so when the defense collapses and he kicks it out, L.A. is not worried about Maxi Kleber in the corner right now. And so if he can consistently hit those shots, that's going to open it up for Luka. And I say Dorian Finney-Smith, too, because he's been switching off with Kleber on to Kawhi. He's been doing a good job on Paul George. I mean, if you look on Twitter, everyone's making jokes at Paul George. That's because Finney-Smith's been playing some good defense on him. And if he can make his outside shots too. So I think Trey Burke, if they all just play their role and Luka continues his heroics because he's going to need to be elite for this for us to win two more games. And honestly, Paul George is the next factor because as much as I hate to say it, if Paul George starts playing good basketball, I don't think this is a series anymore because the Clippers just have too much firepower for us when we're without KP. When you get Kawhi going and Paul George at the same time, Clippers are tough to beat. So the series is at 2-2 now. Game 5 is tonight at 8 o'clock Central Time. Mm-hmm. For this series, how do you how do you see the final? Does this go to 7? Does this go to 6? What, what do you see in this series? My unbiased opinion is that the Clippers win in seven games. I do think the Mavs can get one more. But just when it gets to game seven, it's just most of the time it comes down just who has who has the better roster, who has the better team. And I think as a series goes on, you're going to see how I think the Clippers have the best bench in basketball. You're going to see them just to start overpowering us and they're just they're just a deeper team and I mean the team that they formed this year I think the Mads are looking at one or two years away and we're I've said it all along we're looking at one more three and D guy on the wing from competing for a championship someone like a Kawhi Leonard or a Paul George but I think the Clippers are going to win in seven which for a Mavs fan should not overreact to that much even if core P- KP plays because Honestly, I thought before the series started, I told you guys that I think the Mavs are going to get swept. So, our there's only one other series is a two-two Rockets Thunder. 
give me give me your uh, give me your opinion on that one as well. I think the Rockets are going to win in six games. I think the Rockets will win the next two, just because I don't think you can contain James Harden for long, and just like I said, they they just got the better players in my opinion. Uh, but OKC is probably more meshed together and playing as a team. But I there's just I have a hard time doubting that James Harden is going to lose four straight games. So I know he's going to get one, but. I think the Rockets are going to win in six. And then we have uh, two other series going on right now that we haven't talked about. Obviously, we we you gave your Lakers uh, Trailblazers thought with the Jazz and Nuggets and the Magic Bucks. Uh, Utah leads over Denver three one, and Milwaukee leads over Orlando three one. Do those close out? Uh, Jazz and Nuggets play here in uh, less than an hour. Does that close out tonight, and do the Magic uh, and do the Bucks close out the Magic tomorrow, or do you think this goes to six? For the Nuggets and Jazz, I, I mean, what Donovan Mitchell is doing right now, he's the man. I wish I could think of the other guys because he's the first person in a long time to score two fifty-point games in the same series. Um, Nolan, can you look that up and see who the other player is? Because I think it's like Michael Jordan, and he might be the only other one. That was two straight like that. games with but 50 points. I saw points. it the other day because what he's doing this series is incredible. That was two no, straight games. The only people in NBA history to have two, not two straight, but just two 50-point games in the same series in the playoffs. Okay. Because in game three, or game four, he had 51, I believe. While, you, while, I'm, while I'm pulling this up, why don't you go ahead and give us the other one. You said uh, it was the uh, Bucks and the Magic. Does that close out tonight? Yeah. I mean, like everyone overreacted to L.A. losing game one, everyone did the same thing for Milwaukee. They're just a way better team. The Orlando's not even above 500. The fact that they made the playoffs, they wouldn't make the playoffs in the West. Milwaukee's got a way better roster. They're going to win in five. But the shock of the playoffs could be the Jazz and Nuggets because everyone thought the Nuggets were going to roll, that Michael Porter Jr. was finally turning into himself. And they were, they got the pieces. They got Jamal Murray. They got the Joker. But Donovan Mitchell is kind of a one-man show for the Jazz right now. So I have it at only three at three players to have scored fifty or more points in uh, more than once in the same series. Michael Jordan against Cleveland in '88, Allen Iverson mm-hmm. against Toronto in 2001, and then Donovan Mitchell this year. Okay, yeah, I knew Michael Jordan was on that list, and so I guess yeah, Allen Iverson. So I mean, that just goes to show you what Donovan Mitchell is doing right now. They could, that's a dangerous team going forward. To beat Denver in five, now you're looking at whoever wins between Mavs and Clippers. They got their hands full with Utah if they close this out, which I think they do. I think they win at six because I think the Nuggets are just too good to lose in five. So I think I'll think they'll get one more. And plus, the games that they've won, they've been they've all been close. I mean, the Jazz won by two yesterday. They or the Nuggets won in overtime in game one. So I think the Nuggets will get one more, and the Jazz will close it out in six. 
You heard it here first on Nolan Company Sports. That was crunch time with Mason. Mason, any final thoughts about basketball? If you're a Mass fan, and I know I'm talking to a lot of people, the future is very bright, ladies and gentlemen. We got the guy going forward. I think Luka Doncic, in about three to four years, when LeBron's getting older, and same with a lot of the young, the other generation with CP3 and Harden's going to be getting older. Luca's the guy going forward, and we got KP as well. So, Mass fans, this might not be the year, but I see us winning championships very soon. That was crunch time with Mason Pruitt. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit of Texas high school football. It's week one of the Texas high school football season, and we're going to talk about where we're going to be next on Nolan and Company Sports Podcast. Hey, Nolan and Company listeners, this is Nolan Ruth and Blake Martin from the Nolan and Company Sports Podcast. As you may have heard on the last show, I did a commercial for Bar V Custom Welding and Fencing. Unfortunately, I got the name wrong because the V is not the Roman numeral 5. Blake has been on my rear end about that ever since. But right now, we want to go ahead and tell you about our friends at Bar V Custom Fencing and Welding. Uh, they're a family-owned custom welding business uh, based out of Weatherford, Texas. They're taking your dreams and making them into a reality. So if you're in the Parker County area and you need a fence for your backyard, uh, if you're on a few acres and need some fencing for that, or even your front yard if you just hate your neighbors, go ahead and reach out to our friends at Bar V Custom Welding and Fencing. Reach out to them at 817-613-4997. That number again is 817-613-4997. You can also reach out to them at Bar V Welding, all one, no caps, at yahoo.com. That's Bar V Welding at yahoo.com. So go ahead and check them out for all your welding and fencing needs. Welcome back to the Nolan and Company Sports Podcast. We've just wrapped up our basketball and our hockey talk for the afternoon, for the week, really. And uh, now, it doesn't feel like it. There's something a little off about this time of year, this, this year, in 2020. But it is high school football time in the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir, it is. And I spent Thursday and Friday of last week at scrimmages uh, in Brock and Peaster, both in the same district out in Parker County. Uh, I will say this real quick. Brock, um, yeah, th they were put number one over Grandview, and I'm actually going to see Grandview on Friday. But as it stands, yeah, I can see why Brock is number one and Grandview is not. Because Brock looked insane. They were absolutely dominant. They imposed their will on Midlothian Heritage. And I, I do think that Brock will be competing for a state championship this year. But that was last week. And those were scrimmages, so they don't really matter. This week, they matter. And Mason is planning. We still have yet to confirm this, but is planning to go see the Mart Panthers take on Teague. Mart is the three-time reigning state champion in 2A Division Two. They three-peated, and they're looking to get a fourth in a row this year. And Mason, the plan is for him to go see Mart in week one. Yeah, it is. And I think they got a pretty good chance of going four in a row. If you look at 
I remember sitting in the press box at AT&T last year and watching Mark play, and by the time, like, as the fourth quarter was winding down, I took a look at the roster, and you know what I saw? I saw junior, 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 just all over the place. So they got a lot of returning talent back. Uh, their star player, Rodrell Freeman, he's a two-way player. He plays linebacker. He played running back last year. I believe he scored two touchdowns in the state championship. So they're going to be fun to watch this year. Absolutely. And, and the, they've got to be – like, I don't even think I ever gave my brackets. Oh, I should have done that. Um, for 3A down to down to 1A on this show. But when I was filling out 2A D2 – all I had to do is I put Mark right in that state champion thing because it is their title to lose this year. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to knock off the king off the throne. And just how they've looked. I mean, last year was my first year of covering high school football, but I've seen them play before. And it's just they've, they've, they have that pedigree. And just they're just a really good football team. And I, they got, a, like I said, a lot of returning talent. So, I mean, they're going to be tough to beat this year in 2A. I will be at three games this week. And actually, we tried to get Peyton Peterson on to talk about the games he'll be at, he'll be at this week. Uh, but he was unable to join us at this time. Um, I'm going to be at a six-man game on Thursday. At least that's the plan. I have not heard back from them either. But Borden County and Calvert. Calvert is a good favorite to win a title this year i don't think they're number one in their respective division but they are a huge huge favorite in uh in the six-man ranks as is borden county and borden county is a lot like mart in the six-man ranks as just they have that pedigree um Tr coach trey ritchie i'm just what what he's done with that program is absolutely insane and i'm gonna get a chance to go see them on thursday uh and uh I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, our good friend Lehman Saunders, uh, who's been on our show before, has actually told me, uh, I, you know, I don't think you'll find a better game in the state of Texas. I'm looking forward to that one. And then Friday, I get to go see the man, the myth, the legend, Dane Yanch. My one of my favorite players in the state. I mean, covering him last year, I think I tweeted something like the state championship last year that he could defeat Thor by himself. Not Thor. What's the guy in the Avengers? The bad guy? Oh, Thanos? Thanos, yeah. He could defeat Thanos by himself. Yeah, he probably could because he's that good. Um, he's going to be both... He's going to be going both ways again for the for the Zebras this year. Uh, and, uh, man, just... Gosh. It, the, obviously, so they're in the same side of the bracket as Brock. So they're Brock and Grandview... It, unless Pottsboro has something to say about it, they're going to have to go through each other to get to a state title. Um, and it's just, it is, this is a, uh, a region, or two regions we want to watch. This is 3A Division One. This is a bracket you want to watch, and that's why I'm going to do it. They're taking on Malakoff, who's number four in the state in 3A Division One, And so, I'm just, I like... Basically, I'm getting two of the best 3A Division One teams checked out early, and I saw Brock in a scrimmage last week. So the only one I haven't seen is Pottsboro, and I don't have him on my schedule, I hate to say. But this is going to be a great, great game. I really think that I have two of the 
I think I have the best game in the state on Thursday, and I really think I have the best game in the state on this Friday. I really do. And so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, that one's going to be great. I'm going to make the short trip down to, to I th uh, down I-35 to Grandview to check out the Zebras. And then Saturday, another six-man battle between two teams I know nothing about. The St. Joe Panthers and the Medina Bobcats. And they're meeting in Heiko, where I saw the Strawn Gordon playoff game last year. And so this is going to be uh, – that, that one I'm, I'm not sure what to expect. But it's Saturday, kicks off at 2. If you got nothing to do on Saturday, you're in the DFW area. Heiko's not that far of a drive. I would recommend go checking it out. I, I don't know much about these two teams. I don't know how good a game it's going to be. But I'm definitely going to try – uh, try to try to get there. Actually, I've already been approved by uh, by Heiko to go see that game. They they're giving me access, so looking forward to that one as well. But Mason, I want to know what what you're most looking forward to about this season. I mean, it's just I'm gonna give a just a very simple answer. I just want to see I just want to see live sports, Nolan. I mean, I. I did not think two months ago that I'd be able to go to a football game and watch it. And just, I, I'm just ready for the Friday night lights. And and it's going to be different this year. I know that. And I, I told you last year, I said, I'm a field guy. And I think every game we're going to be on the field. So I'm looking forward to that. I like being on the field watching the games, covering the games. But just the passion of high school, Texas high school football. And it's going to be different. But just and I'm looking forward to these first four weeks because those are their those are the traditional small towns everything's closed on Friday everyone goes to the game so I'm just ready to watch some live sports especially football you and me both man you and me both I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight a couple other big games real quick uh there one for sure is on uh Thursday uh Gilmer at Gladewater in the 3A ranks that's a very very big east texas rivalry and i think that'll be a great game gilmer's number five gladewater is number six and then uh in the six-man ranks again uh white deer and strawn are meeting in benjamin texas way out west uh to face each other white deer's number six strawn is number seven uh, of course we know about them that one is friday um but there are some good uh Good matchups going going on this uh, this week. Uh, Wichita Falls Hershey is coming to Midlothian to take on the Heritage Jaguars, who I got to see uh, last week in their uh, scrimmage. Uh, Springtown Porcupine is taking on the Glen Rose Tigers. That one should be a pretty good one. Uh, Lampasas taking on Brownwood down in Lampasas. If you're down in the greater Austin area or right there in that uh, in that in that hill country region region go out to land passes and check that one out i think that one's going to be a really really good one with all this to be said though this is going somewhere uh i have a special announcement i'd like to make oh uh, argyle decatur too that one's also going to be if i weren't at grandview malakoff i would have been an argyle decatur absolutely um back on track all that to be said a uh, special announcement to make i got a uh i got a message from brian gossett the prep sports editor at the fort worth star telegram uh, yesterday, I'm sorry, this morning, asking me if I wanted to be involved with the Star Telegram's uh, weekly pick'em for high school football that goes on their website. Um, big names such as Greg Tepper, Matt Stepp, Rick Renner, uh, Matt Diggs have all taken part in this, and so they have asked me to join that, and I have joined that. 
Um, and so I'm going to be part of that. So if you uh, go to the Star Telegram website and uh, or really just follow Brian Gossett on uh, social media, he'll tweet it out. Um, but I'm in that pick'em. So if you want to uh, read over my picks compared to all the other experts, uh, definitely do that. Give it a look. But I'm going to go ahead and give my week one picks now. Uh, he sent me the list of games, and I'm going to reveal them on the show. Uh, they'll be they'll be given out on his uh, on Gossett's page, uh, I believe, uh, either tomorrow or Thursday. First game is Bushland against Brock. Uh, I'm going to take Brock in that one. They're number one in 3A Division One for a reason, and I, I, I really liked uh, what I saw from him last week, so I'm going to go with the Eagles. Ben Brook against China Spring. Give me China Spring. Uh, is, look, I like Fort Worth Ben Brook. Uh, in my opinion, I think they're one of the better, uh, at, at least with how they've done over the past few years, of the Fort Worth ISD schools. Um, but I just I like China Spring. They're bringing back quite a bit. Last year they were in one of the toughest districts of, uh, of 3A Division One, and uh, they did all right. And so uh, they're bringing back a lot from that team, so I like China Spring in that one. Lake Worth against McGregor. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Don't know a lot about McGregor, but I know a little bit about Lake Worth, and I think they have the pieces here. Uh, I know that McGregor isn't isn't is will be. Um, I'll just put it this way: their goal is to win a few games this year. That's their goal, and so. Uh, but I think Lake Worth has the pieces to put a few a few decent wins together this year. I like the Bullfrogs over McGregor. Give me Springtown Porcupines over the Glen Rose Tigers. They're bringing back uh, a lot from a team that went to the semifinals. Give me Midlothian Heritage over Wichita Falls Hershey. Give me Argyle over Decatur. I think this is going to be a great game, but I think that Argyle, the power of Argyle is just a little too much um, for that homegrown talent that Decatur has, but uh, still keep your eye on that one. I like the uh, I like the Godly Wildcats over Waxahachie Life. I like the Graham Steers over the Alvarado Indians. I like the Aubrey Chaparrales over the Burke Burnett Bulldogs, and I like the Peaster Greyhounds to get their first ever UIL varsity win over the Venus Bulldogs. That one is a stretch. I'm definitely being generous and giving Peaster my pick this week, but you know what? Hey, if if it works, I look smart. If it doesn't, oh well. Hopefully I would have gotten all the other ones right, but those are my picks for week one uh, for the Star Telegram Pick'em, and I will be giving you those daily. As well as next week, we are going to start uh, start back up the segment that we had last week with Nolan's Texas High School Football Quick Hits, where I will be hitting all the major headlines because we're really not going to have much time on the show to talk about major headlines as much as we are recapping the games we went to and what we take away from those teams. So next, so, uh, next week, we're going to start the Nolan's Texas High School Football Quick Hits so be looking for that. Mason, I want to know something. Who is your favorite team in the FBS Independence? Well, I'm going to do some process of elimination. It's not Notre Dame. It's not BYU. It's not Army. I'm going to probably have to go with the New Mexico State Aggies. 10% of the reason why is because they are the Aggies. And what's the other 90? Just the other 90, 20 of it's like I don't like Notre Dame. 20 of it is I root for Navy in the Army-Navy game. The other 20 is basically that I don't like BYU. So just just process of elimination. They're, they're probably my favorite in the FBS. So I'm actually going to go 
with New Mexico State as well. And my reasoning is I am known for someone who likes to root for underdogs. I always have been. And uh, they are very much an underdog. New Mexico is not at all a college football power state. Uh, I do, you know, the fact that they're called the Aggies is just is just coincidental for me. But uh, no, it's a small program that uh, you know has kind of had a bad draw uh, over their history. And um, if, if I had to root for any independent consistently, that's who it would be. And so that's why they are my favorite FBS independent team. Mason, yeah, any other, final th- Go ahead. No, I was going to say, the other remaining percent I had of whatever it was, why it's just the, the closest to Texas, too. So if I had to go for one, that'd be the one I'd go for. Fair enough. Las Cruces is just right up the road from El Paso. Mason, any final thoughts on this show today? I'm ready for football. I'm ready for Friday. We're ready for football, we're ready for Friday, and go Stars. That's going to do it for us mm-hmm. today on the Nolan and & Company Sports. Go Mavs as well. That's going to do it for us today on the Nolan & Company Sports Podcast. Uh, from who can do it, Mason J. Pruitt. I'm just Nolan because you can't handle the Ruth. Go follow us on Twitter. That's where you'll find all of our Texas high school football thoughts over this week. So go follow us on Twitter. Absolutely. I'm at Real Nolan Ruth. He's at, uh, you're at what? Uh, is it Mason Pruitt 10? Yeah, I think, yeah, my Twitter's different from my Instagram, but I think it's Mason Pruitt 10. Check that out, and as well, go follow Nolan, uh, uh, company, at Company Nolan on Twitter uh, for the retweets of all our stuff, as well as the show links and our article links as well. You guys have a great week. Go watch some high school football this week, and go Stars. <laughs>